Hi there, how's your week been? Today's guest is Clayton Reed. He is a senior makeup artist for NARS in the UK and Ireland. I met him sometime last year and he's always had an effect on me. We've been talking ever since. His makeup skills are amazing. I wanted to get him on the podcast for a while and work always seems to get in the way. But when lockdown arrived, Clay told me he had some time. So in the episode, we discuss all of his influences. So many things cross over. We both love books. We both love makeup. We talk about what it's like to grow up mixed race. For Clay, he grew up mixed race in Cardiff, Wales. So we talk about how Black Lives Matter kind of really affected him and how he has kind of taken this opportunity to really look deeper within himself. And it's actually a really honest conversation. So amongst all that, you're going to hear about disco, you're going to hear about music, you're going to hear about Clay experimenting with goth culture, queuing up for Mac products. So I hope you love it. Welcome to the Beauty Me podcast. My name's Sharice Kenyon and I've been writing about beauty for around 15 years. During that time, I've heard so many stories about how we approach beauty, our routines and the traditions that make us who we are. I wanted to create a space where I could discuss these rituals further with people from around the world. For me, it's all about beauty without the BS. You have great skin. So let's go, let's start with your daily routine and perhaps yeah. how it might have changed during lockdown, or maybe it didn't at all, but tell me about how you wake up. I mean, what is a routine these days? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Does, does that word even exist anymore? Like, I can't really, I can't really think, you know. But um, in terms, I think it's still important to have a form of a routine that, okay. um, you know, if that's what really, really helps you or whatever. But as, with skin, I think it is important to take those, like, that, that time for yourself, you know. At the moment, I'm in this stage, of, I get, I'm getting up quite early, but I'm not lasting enough throughout the day, like, you know, by about six yeah. hours. And it's game over. Yeah. <clears throat> I'm realizing there's so much to do in that morning. Just like when you're on a or when you're on your own, like my partner hasn't um, got up just yet, and whatever. And those moments that I have on my own, I'm obviously gathering my thoughts. What do I want to get out of today? Just taking each day as it comes. But yeah, I think skincare, that morning kind of ritual, like it's always been something for me, and that's definitely what I'm getting down with right now. And you know, I'm very lucky to have as a makeup artist for, you know, almost, what, 11 years now, like, professionally, if you like, or whatever. Like, I'm lucky to have such wonderful and beautiful products that every day I'm just so grateful. Mm. But what I'm noticing, because I'm running out of things, is that you there are other options and stuff, yeah. you know? So I'll have my go-tos, and my go-tos do look like a cleanser, a toner, a moisturiser, and then I'll just kind of, like, spice things up as and when I'm feeling it, and what's kind of going on with mm. my skin or what effects I want to create. Like, you've got an amazing glow on at the moment. You know what? <laughs> I think we need to talk about. No, to be honest, I'm like, I need to go and get some powder. I'm just like, I am so... Shirt. But you know what this is? It's radiant tinted moisturiser. Babe. I just it's can't. Radiant. Like, my, <laughs> hands down, my, one of my favourite complexion pr products ever, you know, that tinted moisturiser is incredible. The NARS tinted moisturizer is incredible. Pure radiant, which is exactly what it does, right? Yeah. But I love the coverage on it. I love that yes. coverage because yes. it looks like skin. You know, it's not a tinted moisturizer that's so wishy-washy that doesn't it's do so anything. not. It's in another league. I have I've pretty much sold it myself to other people that are like hate tinted moisturizer. It's a waste of time. Mm -hmm. 
And often it's like five shades that kind of are meant to work on anyone. But I love that Nas, I don't know how many shades it's got, but I'm always pushing it on people. And you, you put it on my mum. And if you remember my little mum, yeah. (laughs) I honestly, like, I'm an advocate for that product for everyone. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Because it's just, and obviously with Nas, um, our founder of our brand and the creator of the brand, Mr. Francois Nas, is a massive advocate for skin. So I've been able to learn so much through his vision for beauty and for skin and whatever, you know, and that's definitely um, inspired me, you know, to how I look at skin and how I talk to skin to customers as well. Um, And that tinted moisturiser, I just love it, like, you know, because it is just the perfect lockdown product. And if you want a little bit more, you can add a little bit more if you don't want so much. And it's been there for a long time. And, you know, you said about the shades as well. And I think that's the thing with shades of tinted moisturiser. There can just be those kind of universal shades, honestly. They they suit everyone, honestly. no universal shade. (laughs) (laughs) Come on. And this is just what this whole thing is just exposing a little bit, you know, and although Nas, and it's great because, you know, I'm digging deep right now as so many of us are and stuff. And it's like, what's my role in this? What's my purpose in all of this and whatever. And although Nas is an absolutely beautiful brand because of its inclusivity and those messages of diversity that have come through Francois' imagery for absolute years. And what's amazing is I can look back at those, the work that's been done through Mr. Nas and look at those campaigns from the 90s where he was using models like Naomi, Alec Wax and stuff when no one else really was going there, like, you know? But we still have work to do, like the tinted moisturizers, for instance, like there's work there to do. It's a category of um, a product that is very very popular but do we have enough shades no and i think that's the that's the you just have to have those on if you are in a position that i am or whatever as a senior artist for this brand i can have i know where to go now to have these conversations to kind of steer it on and stuff so i feel like that's my kind of purpose in all of this and it's quite exciting you know and my purpose for a long time was makeup and i was trying to find something that doesn't seem so superficial to me at times and this is absolutely it you know Mm. but it's uncomfy and it's mm-hmm. difficult but if it isn't uncomfy and if it's not difficult then that, I think that's where the issues yeah. are you know? I think you're right I've got a friend that's a makeup artist and she's she you know obviously there was that period of time where everyone was sharing resources and trying to educate their followers and is every day and it's constant and then I think some people thought oh well that that week's over now back to normal and she's like no, I'm still serving you looks, but read my caption. And she's, she's yeah. just, you know, and it's kind of some, some people might find it shocking or whatever, but it's like, you have to keep that momentum up. That's real change. Real change isn't going to happen in a week. It takes days and months and years too long sometimes, you know. And this is the thing that I'm struggling with the most is because I just know that so much could happen tomorrow. Like, you know, like I know for a fact that there's key things that are going on in my head right now that we could do tomorrow, you know, and that would just help so much. But what I'm understanding out of all of this moment is it takes time. And I think that's what I'm struggling with the the most at the moment is not everyone has the same views Mm. and everyone's trying to find out what their view is and stuff. So it just takes so much longer. But it's tough for those people that have been doing this for a really long time and stuff, you know, like it is exhausting Mm. and it's draining. And I have never, ever got involved in the way that I have now, but Mm. I never want to go back, you know, simply. And someone gave me some really good advice and I want to share that, um, 
with you and with the people that will be listening to this podcast is that the work that you do offline is way more important than what you do online you know and that's really really true you know and I know people are struggling with what to do with social media mm-hmm. and where to go on, on online and I think you still need to address it somehow like you know because if you don't then for me that's just a little bit strange and I can't yeah. help but fix certain things because it doesn't take two seconds to post really like that's and, thing. and I know people are struggling with what to say or whatever you know come on dig deep like you yeah know? just like hit you on a human level you don't have totally, to be perfect. Nah, and this is this is not the time for perfection. And this is what I'm realizing the most. Let I have to let go of wanting to be so perfect. Like you know, absolutely. I'm a, and this is the thing. I'm an advocate for perfection. You know, and it has to be perfect. <laughs> but, if I get it wrong, I get it wrong and I'll mm. put my hands up. And mm. I think that's the thing that we all need to learn is if we get it wrong, we're not going to be scolded or whatever for having it wrong. It's like you've got it wrong. Have, yeah hands up don't get defensive move on and now you know to kind of learn you've learned to do better or or Mm. whatever that looks Mm. like like you Mm. know so I don't think don't be scared about posting about it as long as it's genuine and authentic like people see through stuff like you know simple um but I think the work that you do offline is just as important if not more important than than what you do online like you know and those little changes that you can make in your own kind of community Mm -hmm. whatever that looks like wherever that whatever that is like that's where the real change is going to come I think change comes in conversations behind the scenes it's like you've got to be willing to have those conversations now there can't be any more when you're in a room and you hear something that's kind of racist and you carry about your business just call it up then and there yeah, and allow that person to say, well, no, I didn't mean it that way. Okay, fine, but I'm not going to leave it to stew and just sit with me. I need to yeah. let you know it's not right. Um, but okay, back we'll to see. that routine because you do have great yes. skin. So I want to know when Clay wakes okay. up in the morning, what's the first yeah. thing? you Open your eyes. What are you doing next? In terms of everything like coffee, matcha, workout, meditation, like tell me your thing that gets you out of bed. Yeah. So coffee, a hundred percent, plays a, a massive importance in my uh, kind of morning routine and stuff. I have now tried to. I think it might be important to say what I'm, I'm stopping doing because I'm learning in this process that like social media is probably not the best place to go first, first thing, thing in the morning. Oh my like God. I've made some mistakes there, so and you go I'm avoiding. Down. <laughs> I'm avoiding touching the phone first thing in the morning and I'm taking time to just kind of sit with those thoughts that instantly kind of come to me. I currently, I'm literally, I've got my notebook and I'm writing everything down basically because unless that notebook is there and it's pretty much always open and it has a pen next to it because I'm also very forgetful. So I'll kind of look at my notebook first thing in the morning and go, right, okay, and kind of prioritise what I need to kind of do and get done that day um cleansing I have to do it first thing in the morning like I don't like in terms of a whole body thing like I can't Mm. really start my day without having a form of Mm. a wash you know simple Mm. so even during lockdown you haven't been just like laying it slide babe I can't I feel gross like you know (laughs) babe I just do like like, don't get me wrong like I'll have my moments and stuff but I don't think that happens in the morning that tends to happen in the evening when I slob out and stuff if Mm. I do that in the morning like it just it doesn't set me up correctly for Mm. the day like I need to freshen up feel good use the products that I love um shall I go into products with you yes please take take me into the shower what are you doing in the shower Um, (laughs) Do you, want, do you want to come in the shower with 
whole other episode, babe. <laughs> <laughs> so at the moment, basically, in terms of like body care that I'm using and stuff, like Dr. Pawpaw. So I recently um, did a video on Dr. Pawpaw and I'm literally just... I now know why I'm obsessed with that original. Is it the all-in-one wash? I think it's called something like all-in-one. It's in an all-in-one wash, babe. Yeah. So they've got the the wash, and then they also have the conditioner, but it's all-in-one for like your hair. And I'm a little bit dubious about products like that and mm. stuff, you know, mm. like. But in terms of what I do, and in terms of like, hopefully when I start to travel and stuff, like that will be amazing because it's so. That's what I love about Pawpaw, though, is they're multi-purpose. And those yeah, pro- yeah. I love products that you can stretch. Do you know what I mean? And you can use them for kind of different um, things mm. and stuff. But mm. their um, body wash and their conditioner is amazing, especially the conditioner, because you literally just put it on your body and you kind of wash it off and then you get out and you don't have to re-moisturise or whatever. What? Incredible. But I mean, I'm finding that for my skin, you know, and this is what I think as well in terms of um, recommended products was something I was thinking of today. Like if something doesn't necessarily work for you or your skin, like it may work for kind Mm. of others, you Mm -hmm. know. Mm -hmm. So I think that's something important to kind of think of. And I am also um, then... My skincare routine is pretty basic in the mornings because of like time, Mm -hmm. but I'll always cleanse my skin. And Nars does incredible skincare. And obviously I'm guilty of just using that because that's (laughs) what I always kind of have and stuff. And they're my Mm go-tos. But Nars skin is incredible. Obviously we're owned by Shiseido. I don't know whether um, many people will know that, but we're owned by Shiseido. And Mr. Nars wanted to sell the brand of Shiseido because he wanted great skincare. So when I actually started at the brand, the skincare was like, crazy there was loads of items but now it's much more simpler and their cleanser toner and moisturizer like i absolutely love it two different types i go for the more kind of oilier um so there's a purifying foam cleanser the aqua gel moisturizer is lightweight Mm. oil free and then the toner (laughs) you love it (laughs) that i've run out of and i no longer have what kind of toner was it then was it aimed at like mattifying or no so it's basically called the multi-action hydrating toner and it does a lot but it because it has like peony extract in there that i think like mattifies and then it also but its main property is being like a liquid exfoliator but it's not aggressive or abrasive so you know like a lot of those acidic yeah i I use the salicylic one yeah and they can be like a little bit stingy Thingy. or sometimes a little bit abrasive or whatever and especially exfoliators that may have those like beads to them or yeah, whatever yeah, like yeah. you know whereas this is totally natural made up of fruit acids and a thing called tmg so tmg has all of these fruit acids in it that naturally just lift dead skin off the surface and i absolutely swear by that toner okay. like I every day love it every single day and you can use it twice a day as well because it's just so natural and it's not aggressive it's great for the lips my lips are constantly for some reason regardless of summer winter <laughs> like they're just dry okay. all the time yeah so great to use the toner to exfoliate any dryness on the lips if i'm ever making up a client or i'm working with a model that has dryness around these areas mm-hmm. and you know what it's like the foundation just doesn't oh, stick God, and yeah. then it yeah like you go in before with that okay. it lifts that dead skin you put the moisturizer on so your moisturizer then goes in deeper and makeup just goes on flawlessly like i'm an advocate for that toner okay, especially. i might check it out I, might, I do like the sound of a hydrating toner i think we've come such a long way with toners from being that astringent alcohol 
tight like stripping yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so i might check yeah. it out so your skincare and music that... and music okay music is 100% always in my routine babe like you know so you wake up so when I'm... you put it on or is it a coffee thing so it depends the time of morning that I wake up as well because I'm very conscious that I live with my partner and my partner has to deal with a lot living with me like let's put it that way you know (laughs) and music definitely comes into it but in the morning babe I love listening to like Sarah Vaughan or on this on a Sunday like I think I shared with you yeah I love that one I was playing it the other day love it that's my kind of vibe first thing in the routine like you know it just gets me a little bit relaxed gets me inspired and stuff and then throughout the day the music will change you know what I mean mm. and it depends and it's mad it's it's on your mood as well and it's funny the music that comes into your life especially as a DJ the music that re you get reignited with and reconnected with when times are tough like you know and for mm. me that's where the power is of healing, like, you know, and that's what I'm really passionate about trying to share at the moment as well. So I'm recording kind of DJ mixes. I have my SoundCloud. I've got my DJ page. Oh, wow. and obviously gigs aren't happening right now, but there's still ways to connect, like, yeah. you know, and share those things that you love. So music is important in my routine, daily routine. Like I ha- and I'll go from anywhere, babe, like, you know, jazz, techno, <laughs> like hip hop, yeah. like... I don't like boxes, period. Yeah, no, I love, we can change it up. Classical, yeah. jazz, yeah. country. Babe, same country. Hip hop. My mum and my grandmother, they love like Tim McCraw. Yeah, country, because they like, tell stories. My, my dad got me into it. My dad's like Jamaican and he said he loved country because it was always a story about a man yeah. losing his woman or his yeah. horse or whatever. <laughs> Do you know, it's storytelling and... Yeah. I love I love all music. The only music I don't love is probably death metal. That's about it. But, you know, <laughs> I know I can see why some people love it because music is a feeling. Do you know what I mean? So, like you said, this it's a it, mood. This is it. And I think for me, I've I've immersed myself in different music cultures and stuff like that. Like when you said death metal, there have been times where I've I've listened to that type of music <laughs> and whatever. And although, like at the time, probably I was lying to myself. Oh yeah, I, I you know you you do that sometimes. Like, yeah. yeah, yeah, I get this. I want to fit in or whatever. I think it mm, takes time mm. to then to really realise what it is that you kind of love. And definitely, dance music is. Mm, uh, mm. But when I listen to really really hard like techno and stuff, like it reminds me of those kind of moments like growing up or whatever, where I was listening to things like mm. death metal and whatever. Mm. You know? Trying to find your. Fit. trying to find your voice yeah trying to find your thing and uh yeah I think that obviously just takes time and stuff you know but I think it's so good to immerse yourself in in different cultures in different um music taste backgrounds everything you know so you just get such a broader range of education references mm, everything mm, you know mm. I think as a creative of any type there's no way you can just be immune to wanting to hear something new it's like that curiosity that's what keeps you going and exploring I dig towards the past you know I mean this is what I'm struggling with quite a lot at the moment it's like there's sometimes like especially if I'm frustrated with like music or even makeup you know there'll be times where I'm frustrated with with what is current you know and I'm like I'm struggling to see where we're going with this you know because I feel like for so many so much right now can be very 
just rip-offs, you know, of stuff that's already happened and it's so saturated and, like, what's new, what's fresh? And I think, mm. yeah, I dig way back, you know, to Me find too. inspiration and stuff like that from the original resources of that, whatever I'm trying to find out, you know. Mm. So if that's, for instance, like, a disco shoot, like I did a shoot for Studio 54, I'll really immerse myself into all of that to really bring it to life and stuff, you know? I love that. It's like... Because it kind of crosses into that whole appropriation thing. I think if you are doing your research and to you, this is something you're passionate about, you will dig. You're not just going to rip off someone's look for your Instagram page. It goes far beyond that. Totally. Um, it's history. Like, yeah like get inspired by what you see on Instagram and stuff but like you know, especially in, using Instagram as a tool for inspiration I think yeah if, if that's where you go for it then great but you know that's where it's that's where it is you know like dig deeper like behind me here you'll see a couple of books there's so many books in this house that that's what I'm doing in lockdown as well I'm trying to make a part of my routine because I there's so many coffee table books here oh, and stuff God, that yeah. I'll just go for the images and stuff like that normally for references mm. but right now I'm actually I'm reading the text more and stuff you know of things and and just digging a little bit deeper mm. and especially what you said then in, in terms of um you know what we were talking about with like disco and and things like that and it, it comes down to like when you cast people and stuff like this is where it's been coming with me you know like if I'm immersing myself in an era say for instance disco for Christmas Christmas collection with Studio 54 I did a shoot that probably is one of the proudest shoots that I've ever done and I was able to collaborate with some wonderful people but that's because I wanted it to authentically represent what was actually going on in that time and this it's just done for me now when you see things like you know a white girl in roller skates with an afro an afro on or whatever you know that just it has to stop you know it really 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 does and i'm passionate that you know there's so much work to do here and it's exciting moving this conversation on forward and that, you know, if you're referencing something as a makeup artist, you have to dig deep into what was going on in that climate, what was mm. going on in that era. And for disco, you know, it's an era that I love so much. Like, it's quite hard hitting when you really go there. And it's a, it's funny because it's an era of such glamour and such decadence yeah. and whatever. But actually, like, when you hear the stories of those individuals that were dancing on that dance floor, they were there immersing themselves in glamour because their life wasn't so glamorous like, yep. you know 100%. and I think you need to learn those kind of stories through books through different education but it's all there you know and I think from now on it's lazy for you not to do that mm. you know because it's all there it's all there I mean you know there's always Google you know, Google is exactly. the most obvious place, but, you know, for me, I love books. I love books. Um, but I think it's the most obvious places that people potentially that are struggling with this, that's where they need to go, you know? It's yeah. as simple as that. Just a Google search engine will literally bring you everything that you really need, you know? And then it's up to you where you go deeper than that. But, yeah, what well, books, babe? Let's talk about books. <laughs> well, I've got a lot of books. I've got books about weddings from the 50s. I've got... Yeah. Nas book, Make Up Your Mind. Is it Make Up Your Mind? Make Up Your Mind. Kevin yeah. O'Quan. I've got a few uh-huh. Vogue books. Um, interiors. I'm very into like that um, architecture from maybe like the 60s, 70s, but like in the States. Yeah. So, oh God, I can't remember any of the names, but I'm into everything. I have to say, I think because I'm a writer and a photographer, I can take inspiration from anything. I've got books yeah. on latin american art i've got i don't even i've got 
everything. Like maybe you should visit sometime or we can do a book swap. But I can't wait to do a book swap. That's exactly what I was going to suggest. Oh, I wish I totally should. I've got Andy Warhol's. Yeah. I got um. Once you'd said yes to doing this podcast, I got out Andy Warhol's <laughs> book of Polaroids. Yes, because. I just love that. It's like you say, there's a lot of glamour, but if you read behind the stories, there's a lot of sadness. There's a lot of heartache. There's a lot of people dying way too young. But for me, that's the beauty of life. I'm quite into beauty, but in like broken things or do you know what I mean? For me, it's stories that make up who we all are. Yeah. Do you know what? I totally agree with you there, especially in terms of like beauty and stuff. And I think I find beauty in tragedy like you know I find beauty in things that are grotesque and that are very very ugly like you know I do and I think yeah you're right in terms of I think with inspiration I think sometimes as well it's easy to go to the things that we love and we gravitate like for me 100% I'm guilty of that with disco like that's why <laughs> we started there like you know that's the music that I tend to play like I love those vocal uplifting messages and stuff that era for me is just I must have been there, right? Yeah, <laughs> I reckon so, like somehow. Um, but I think we go, we gravitate towards inspiration that we like love and know. And sometimes it's good to delve into things that we don't know. And I think this is what's happening with this kind of moment right now and with Black Lives Matter and with it being Pride Month. So many of my friends are just educating and taking themselves places, taking themselves to places of discomfort to just learn more and and um, do better like you know and that comes with that and inspiration as well like go to things that you wouldn't normally find inspiring like you know yeah, how does it make you feel I think go there I think what happened with Black Lives Matter for instance I think a lot of white people thought oh well now they want me to learn this and learn that and I'm like no do you know how many amazing authors there are that are black that you might love do you know how many amazing black artists there are that you might love like no one is telling you one path. What we're saying is educate yourself, look around, and they they could find someone that inspires them for the rest of their lives that they might not have even heard of if it wasn't for Black Lives Matter being such a, you know, a news story. So I think, like you said, yeah, it might get uncomfortable, but there's a lot of beauty that you're going to find through it if you're prepared to put in the time. Yes, that's it. Um, but tell me and I think what's most difficult out of all of this is there's time do you know what I mean not for everyone obviously and everyone everyone's mental health is just so precious right now like you know it really really is so and I'm a massive um advocate as well for although you're educating yourself on these matters take into consideration your because there's things I've watched over this weekend when I wanted actually quite a relaxing weekend and I wanted a bit of a switch off from work Mm -hmm. and there was things that I saw this weekend that were just like I watched the Disclosure documentary on Netflix so many of my uh, trans friends and followers and whatever have been really really asking to for people to watch this and you know it's so right but it, it can potentially make you feel uncomfortable and if it does you have to ask yourself why and I think you do need to be prepared mentally to take on these things as well like you yeah. know because for me maybe Sunday probably wasn't the best day for me to watch that but I'm glad that I did and <laughs> I'm then the same Sundays I can't get the Sunday scaries can't watch serious documentaries can't watch real life documentaries it has to be fantasy <laughs> or comedy Sunday is normally my day of like escapism Mm. like a hundred percent and that's why I've never liked working Sundays and I'm really really lucky to have not had to work many of them as well because my a lot of my managers that have managed me previously know don't put Clayton in on a Sunday it ain't good 
Because <laughs> it's just the day that I normally have to myself mm. to just unwind and do those things that make me happy. But mm. obviously, because so many people were sharing this documentary, I really wanted to watch it. And I'm glad that I did, but it brought up a lot for me. Mm-hmm. And then... Um, my advice for anyone that does watch these things and gets a little bit uh, full on or if it gets a bit emotional is just make sure that you do something happy for yourself after. Mm. So I instantly just spun some records, had a little jam in my little uh, makeup and music room Aww. and Martin cooked a roast. So that was that. Good. Right. So let's go all the way back to little, yeah. little Clay, little Clayton. Yeah. So... You, your dad is mixed race. Is that am I correct in saying that? So my dad is mixed race. Yeah. So his mother is Welsh Irish. I believe there's definitely an Irish connection there. But she was obviously, I believe, born in Wales. But you know what? I'm meeting up with dad later. So there's loads of questions that I've got right <laughs> yeah, now. It's yeah, going to be yeah. really, really, really good. We're going to go for a little walk because he's a. Um, well, class as a key worker and whatever works on um, with the railways and trains and stuff. So works a lot in London. So he's mm. going to swing by for the first time in two years wow. later. And we're going to have a good chat. But dad is from a mixed heritage background. Yeah. So his mum, I believe, is Irish, Welsh. And then his dad is Jamaican. So your dad. So, yeah, your dad's mixed. And your mum is white, I'm guessing. <laughs> white english yeah, yeah. like my mum like yeah full white all the way white yeah english rose yes. my mum i call her um okay yeah so yeah. the reason i ask you this is just to sort of prepare the listeners for like you talking about growing up because you know when i first met you i'll be completely honest i was i i did not think you had mix, a mixed heritage but then mm-hmm. i said to you you do remind me a lot of my niece and nephew so yeah. yeah one of my sisters it's like three of us were all different tones including my four of us including my brother we're all different skin tones but we're all mixed my dad's Jamaican my mum's white and my sister Monique is the darkest of all of us but her children her partner is Irish and he's actually got you know red hair very pale so her yeah. children 100% look like they could be related to you it's the curls the dark curls <laughs> um you know the paler skin and um often I think of them like in their life like how is it going to be for them growing up because their mum is seen as black or mixed race because she's a darker skin color in the world and but for them their world is going to be different you know they're my 13 year old nephew he's going to school all the girls fancy him because of his curls and whatever but they don't know unless they've met his mum they don't know that part of him so yeah. I all, I've always wondered, because for me, I guess I'm like, pardon the pun, but it's literally black and white for me. I'm very like, I'm mixed. Please? I'm fine yeah. with it. I don't feel torn in any way. I know there's a lot of conversations around confusion for mixed people. But I was like, when it's a stage further where only one of your parents is mixed, like, how is that for you growing up? Is it a, is it a thing you're aware of? Yeah. I mean, this is the thing, and this is this is all of the questions that I'm trying to get. Mm-hmm. I think I'm finally getting answers on, like, you know, and I think I've really sh- 
just tried to put it to the back burner and stuff like for so long and just like I'm focusing on my career and this is what I'm doing and nothing's going to stop me mm. and I want to focus on my DJ and whatever but there's actually deeper rooted issues and stuff that this particular moment especially Black Lives Matter it instantly stirred up a lot for me like you know mm. because it's like well, where do I stand on this? Like, you know, because I'm, I'm, and I've actually been in conflict. Like, if I go there with myself and I dig really deep, I think I've actually been in conflict my, with myself in terms of this for a really, really long time. Mm-hmm. So I think now I need to address like what that actually is because for you, like you said earlier, it's it's it can be visual and stuff, you know. So it can be easier if it's quite visual. If but the world is seeing me, you like as you a said, mixed man, you would maybe find yeah. it easier to be a mixed man in the world. A mixed man. Yeah. This is it. This is it. And I think all of this, I like I've never ever spoken about it because it's like, when do you even speak about it? Is that something that you do when you mm. introduce yourself or whatever? <laughs> but all I know is that I'm tired of the conversations that I have to do with that, you know, in terms of like um, when I have the conversations with people and they just wait for me to laugh about it because they think Clayton's gonna joke about it or whatever Mm. so you know if I say that my dad is mixed and that he's much darker than me and that he's back like people are like waiting for this like little joke that will come off the end of it and Mm. stuff and I'm like no serious and then the amount of times that then I have to get my photos out and obviously my photos aren't that accessible of that side of my family and stuff Mm. you know and it's just it's draining babe it's exhausting Mm. like you know and I think I'm finally coming to terms with all of that and whatever and I think there's things from my childhood for anyone that's mixed you know we've and you know anyone we've all been around these kind of situations and these kind of circumstances and had to deal with these matters before but all of this is making us think harder than ever before Mm. about it you know Mm. and for me within my position as and what I wanted to do with Nas going forward with this I couldn't do that unless I actually dealt with the issues of conflict within myself Mm. like you know so I'm putting my big girl knickers on (laughs) 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 and this is Pretty rough day, like you know. Really? 
And it would normally start with a convo with my mum and whatever, you know, to thank her for pretty much bringing me up on my own with that side of my family for for a really, really long time. And, and dad moved here to Folkestone and started a whole new life here and whatever. And there's, there's issues there, you know, mm. but I think unless you talk about them, like it's never going to get better, you know? So mm. I'm excited. And the thing is I'm highly emotional, like super emotional. And then no. dad is like, really? Really? <laughs> really? <laughs> but what I'm realizing right now is that, you know, even in work, cause I'm emotional in work, which is mm. the worst for me at the moment. Like, you know, okay. cause I don't want to be, I like to be very professional and stuff, but I think unless you go there with emotion and for so long I've been told there's no time for emotion in business and whatever you know that's something that I I keep on hearing constantly and constantly and it's draining because everyone talks about their management style and how they lead and whatever and a lot of that can be that you're really really strong at like public speaking or whatever that looks like but you know what I think my leadership is actually from the heart and stuff and it is from like raw emotion Mm -hmm. but a lot of people uh, shy away from that, you know, and I think there's no right or wrong way of like leading this conversation further. But I am sick of having that whole like, there's no time for emotion or no, there or is. That's what unites us. Because there is. That's what it's all about. And unless you go there with that raw emotion and that the energy that emotion can create, there's no point in sugarcoating it because we won't get anywhere, you know. Let's go there in the darkest depths of it all and then come out of it Mm. you know but that's how I feel so that's what I'm going to do with dad and I think you know there's questions that I need answers to but I think even that is going to take time you know and maybe that's not what happens today and maybe today is just more of a you know what this has been really really tough and Mm. we just celebrate the things that we like about each other or Mm. that we want to know more about each other and we just learn through this process and I just hope that any mixed um, and queer kids that listen to this or whatever that might be struggling and even if you're not queer and you're mixed and even if you're not mixed and you're queer whatever it is and if you're struggling right now reach out you know 100% I'm glad that we got that part out in the Me open because um, I really wanted Me to too. know about how you got into how you got into makeup because you know obviously the world we live in now it's it's very I'm very used to having makeup done by a guy that is gay or you know it's not it's not a thing but back then when you were growing up when did you have even this concept that there was this thing called beauty and makeup out there and that maybe you wanted to play with it so definitely like I remember being roughly like a teenager when beauty kind of really come into my life and I think when I look back before that and stuff in terms of beauty I can go do you know what? I don't remember lots and lots and lots from my childhood and whatever so nothing you know, with your mum putting stuff on or aunties doing anything like, not really okay. like you know not really so there's just I just don't think that there's much um because I was trying to think about this today and stuff and I just and it was funny because I spoke to my brother and my niece before coming on here and he was saying things about like our childhood and I was like god I really just don't remember that and stuff you know so I think we'll just start with where I remember yeah Maybe cool you said you had a bad memory anyway so <laughs> it's fine I have the worst, which is why the notebook is there in the pen. Because mm, mm. <laughs> if it goes down, then I will remember. <laughs> I will remember it. Yeah, but yeah. But thirteen, yeah. I think thirteen, fourteen, like being a teenager, being quite an angsty teenager, a little bit of a rebel. Were you a god at any stage? Yeah. You know I was, babe. You know I was. <laughs> because this was the 
thing is, like, when you grow up, you see that there's a subculture there, like, you know, and they're really, really different and they're non-conforming. And I was, like, so intrigued. I was like, wow, okay. Like, didn't know anything about this kind of culture. And then the more I kind of learned about that culture and started hanging around with those types of people as well, you just learn so much more, you know? And I think a lot of the time, especially in goth culture or the things that I was called when I was growing up, like Mosha, Freak, Goth, whatever, you know, those names and stuff, you were meeting those kind of people that were like-minded, sharing experiences, and then even their experiences from their like childhood led them to this moment. And they're quite maybe rebellious or whatever, or or whatever that might be. But I experimented with my look from a very, very young age, okay. we say that. And a lot of it came from that kind of um, goth culture. and um, So like eyeliner, dyeing your hair? You, like eyeliner, babe, uh, black lipstick. Like, and do you know what? There's not many pictures, which I think Damn is it. a great thing. <laughs> but at the same time, it's quite sad because I'm like, mm. I wish there were more but eyeliner was a hundred percent my thing and um, then I started experimenting with kind of makeup and foundation and I remember experimenting with like dark lipstick and things like that and that led me to then looking into makeup kind of more you know and expressing myself through makeup and just having these feelings of like what we just spoke about then really like belonging mm. finding like who am I and whatever led me to being absolutely just a bit of a crazy goth with these wide baggy trousers <laughs> loads of eyeliner going into Cardiff city center <laughs> doing really silly and naughty things that uh, <laughs> a kid experimenting at that age would potentially do let's just say that <laughs> and that then led me to experimenting with makeup and it was that moment that me and my mum really really kind of shared together because she was really poignant in me becoming a makeup artist when I think of it like you know because she encouraged me babe so much like she would take me to it was Mac you know Mac was mm. the uh was the one the, the buzzword yeah, yeah, yeah. Back then. <laughs> and then you think of those collections and stuff you know I fell in love babe I remember Barbie Mac Barbie that was one of the first moments that I was like oh my god like you know this, the possibilities are endless and then I would go into a store and I would meet again like-minded people that were different boys in makeup like girls really expressing themselves with makeup and I was like oh okay okay here we go this is this is it like I finally found something and it's lush that mum was just so encouraging in all of that you know and we and I kind of learned doing makeup on her, doing bits of makeup on mm. friends that early on and whatever. And I don't do that as much anymore, obviously, <laughs> because <laughs> makeup is work now. But in mm. those first initial steps of me being a makeup artist, it was my love of, a, of Mac, like, you know, it was Mac in particular that I really, I really wanted to work for them. I loved those collections. I was one of those persons that would queue for the Disney okay. villains collection with mum and get really, really excited for it. And then... <gasps> have hard time choosing things so mum would just be like just have it all you know because oh, she really God. really does just spoil babe mm. you know as well and I'm so so lucky to mm. have had an upbringing like that you know and it's not it wasn't easy don't get me wrong but it was very much supported you know mm -hmm. and it's led me to do amazing things like you know which I'm so so pleased about and it's nice because you know, of course, it wasn't like completely like accepted. Mum had obviously had to learn with me and stuff. And, mm. you know, mum and my family really wanted me to pursue like theatre. And Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. 
I can see that. <laughs> it just, and I was doing it, but it just wasn't my thing. And I was getting, I think I was getting frustrated with it because, you know, you obviously, you obviously have to practice your craft of being like mm. a drama student and mm. stuff. And I wanted to do that, but just left school, didn't know what I wanted to do, was experimenting with makeup, was working in a cinema. Oh, yeah. In the, in the, in the audience cinema in Cardiff Bay. And I look back at that time and honestly, like, it's just crazy in terms of like, <laughs> You know, unless you do jobs like that, you just will never get grateful for what you have later on. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I look back at all of that and like my managers in that cinema and the people that I kind of met through being in that cinema. And although like, again, it was tough because you're working in a cinema. It's that level of resilience that a job like that will give you like you know for your for your future and mm. stuff so that's what led me to being a makeup artist and wanting to be a leader within makeup is my experience with leading a cinema I guess <laughs> and um my experience my early experiences with makeup and being just fascinated with going into like Debenhams Cardiff and and meeting these different people on the makeup counters and getting to know people and you know what back home they're so diverse and you think of a beauty like really in Cardiff babes honestly like and this is I think where where I'm really taking ownership of kind of what I've learned previously and where it all comes from is absolutely those moments of being in these beauty halls with the most diverse people, like women that are really, really, really have been there for a long time, let's say, yeah, like, yeah. you know, that I know those there, ladies yeah, that have yeah, yeah. experienced or whatever, <laughs> yeah. what they do, let's put it that mm-hmm. way. It's those kind of women that they put on their makeup and they stand on those, those counters and they've done that for like 20 years or whatever. Like, it's just... It's amazing, Betty Blake, you know, it really, really, really is. And um, it's really, really special. And because especially Cardiff is just, it's quite a melting pot of culture. I've heard that, but I guess you just don't, you you don't see it. It really is like, you know, especially with like the docks and Cardiff Bay, Grangetown, those areas are literally just like so, so diverse. And that obviously then melts into something like a beauty hall, you know. Mm. So I think beauty halls, although scared me originally, Mm. (laughs) but my mum was always there in form Mm. of like, so I always felt like protected going in. It was going into beauty halls, speaking to like-minded people. And it was just about makeup at that time, like, you know, Mm. that led me to thinking, oh my God, I want to be a part of this and I feel like this is where I belong. What's the thing that you've enjoyed the most or the thing that made you think, yeah, this is this is what I was meant to do? I think becoming a senior makeup artist for Nas 100% is, is like 100% the highlight of my career. And it's great to actually speak about it now because like at the moment I'm struggling with it as well because I, I work, I've worked for Nas for nine years and, become, and starting my career within beauty, I always knew I wanted to be a senior makeup artist, you know, I would look at those artists that would visit us and do the events with us and stuff and be like, oh my God, that's what I want to do. And they travel around everywhere and they meet different people all the time. Like that's a hundred percent what I wanted to do. And, you know, I worked my butt off for it. Like literally, I'm not too sure if I can swear on here, so I'm not you going can say to. What you like. But, oh, can I? Yeah. I worked my ass and my titties <laughs> off no, it's I true. Really it's, you, I'm getting the story when you <laughs> express yourself. <laughs> and there's been times where, you know, that didn't come easy, like, you know, mm. and it's, uh, it really, really didn't. And I've gone for this role three times before, and it was the third time getting it that I actually 
that got what I officially really, really wanted because, you know, I say I want to be a senior makeup artist for NARS. I've also had other jobs that come off of that. It wasn't actually what I wanted, but I had a version of it, you know, just looking after one store in, in London or whatever, and that's what brought me to London, looking mm. after the Covent Garden boutique. Mm. So I think getting that is definitely the thing that I'm most proud of. But when I look back at it now, babe, and, and with this climate and stuff, it's just crazy because, yes, I've worked so hard for it, but as have others, you know, and I think this mm, is the moment mm. that I'm really realising now. It doesn't, of course it matters, you know, in terms of how much you work and how much you put towards something. But in this moment now, I can hands-on say that my skin has never affected me not getting mm, anything mm. And, and failing, like, mm. you know, and I think that's that's the thing that I'm um, just coming to terms with right now, which is why I'm so proud to be in this role, but just want to do better in the future, you know, for, for, for others. Mm. And, um, yeah, so definitely becoming a senior makeup artist because it had, it wasn't easy. Like, you know, it really, really, really wasn't. And it, and it was a very, very much a long time kind of coming, what felt like a long time coming anyway. So I've been in this actual role now a year, but there's been other things that I've done previously that have led me to kind of this moment. And I think, you know, what I'm really proud of right now is looking back at the things that I've accomplished since coming to London. And I'm so grateful for working for a company like NARS that although they have never, ever handed me anything on a plate. Like, you know, they really, really, really haven't. They've made me work harder <laughs> than I ever, ever, ever thought possible. And, you know, I'm now really, really happy for that. Like, you know, because I'm very, very grateful to now have these opportunities, but know that, yeah, I did you I did really, really work for them, yeah. you know? So things like, I've been a massive fan of Christopher Kane for a really, okay. really, really long time. Like, anyone that knows me knows how much I absolutely adore his clothes, his aesthetic, his vision, everything. And it was, and it got me thinking of uh, memories of, like, that collaboration. Do you remember that Christopher Kane collaboration with Topshop? Like, oh, God, yeah. Years and years the colours. Topshop collections with designers, and they yeah. were like, the it thing at that moment i remember the rihanna kind of gorilla t-shirt dress and then knowing that i wanted that but obviously couldn't afford that price tag. <laughs> so this top shop moment happened and i bought the alligator vest oh, wow. and it was probably one of my most first ex- like what felt like an expensive kind yeah of yeah purchase or whatever and I remember that feeling and thinking oh my god I love it I'm wearing it with such pride Mm -hmm. so it's amazing now to like look back at that person wearing that vest and to think what I've done like you know with a brand like Christopher Kane Birdem these these brands that I'm able to now work with through NARS on things like backstage at Fashion Week their campaign visuals and the opportunities that I've had to actually be the makeup artist on a huge kind of campaign for a huge brand like that. It's nuts. And I'm just so, 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 so grateful. Like, you know, I really, really am. So I think through Nas, I've had some amazing kind of highlights within my career. Meeting Mr. Nas, I've met him twice. They've been uh, obviously some staples within moments within my Mm. career and stuff that I really, really am grateful for as well. So much, babe. (laughs) Okay, so tell me who would be like, if you could do anyone, get booked to do anyone's makeup today, who would you pick? So, like, current and still kind of going, or, like, way back when? Anyone. You could have one from... You know what? Actually, this is something that I've been thinking of quite a lot um, <laughs> recently in terms of, like, those icons that are still around. I would love a moment to just kind of do their makeup. So, like, uh, Diana Ross, Pat oh, wow. Cleveland. So oh, she's a God, model... Yeah. 
you know, from from way back when in the 70s, I'm massively obsessed with Antonio Lopez and his oh my uh, God. kind of kind yeah. of photo- 70s photography, Beautiful. the Polaroids and stuff, yeah. like insane, um, which is where I get a lot of my inspiration and a lot of my mm-hmm. ideas from. But I like to try and make them a bit different and, mm-hmm. and you know, take inspiration from the past, absolutely. But then what's your version of that and put your aesthetic into it and mm-hmm. pay homage to what's happened before mm-hmm. and give credit to what's happened before, but make it your own and stuff, you know? So I think, um, yeah, Diana Ross and Pat Cleveland, they're instantly Love coming that. up because I know that they're still around and they're obviously icons from that era that I love so much. So just imagine an opportunity of um, the doing stories their that you would hear. Oh my God. <laughs> imagine. <laughs> so, so it's welcome. got to that part of the conversation. When yeah. do you feel you're most beautiful? You know what? I feel my most beautiful. And I've given this question like a little bit of a thought because I'm like, when do I feel most beautiful? And that haps, absolutely hands down has to be just before I'm about to go and DJ. 100%. Okay. Because normally there's a level of, or a, a moment of kind of uh, performance or whatever to my DJ sets, like simple. I don't just mix records and just play them like, you get a whole show from the production, <laughs> So I think the times where I'm feeling most beautiful are the times where, you know, I'm just about, and I'm always nervous, I'm always shitting myself before a gig and whatever, but that's what I do to make me feel most beautiful is I'll prep beforehand. Sometimes, like, especially with Pride Month and whatever and things that we've done previously, like Martin will help me out in terms of um, maybe making like a little bit of part of my costume or whatever. So that's always a moment that me and him kind of go through. He's always in some dirty, dingy, like <laughs> side cupboard of a club getting ready with me and putting last minute things Bless. on or whatever, you know, which I really am missing at this moment. Like, mm. you know, because like you said, like that, and that, that's 100% is when I most feel most beautiful is when I'm wearing something that's maybe a little bit out there. It's like a bit of a fashion moment for me. Me and Martin have prepared it for some time and it's now time to put this forward to other people or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I love having those moments when I'm dressed up behind those decks and seeing other people's faces on that dance floor. Like, you know, I really am missing it right now. And I think although there's the virtual things that you can do, it's just not the same. It's not the same energy as when, you know, I'm all dressed up or whatever. I play a track that I love and I connect and I have that moment with someone on that dance floor and they love that song for whatever reason. Mm -hmm. And you just have that beautiful moment. I think that's the thing that um, I'm also missing. But that's when I feel my most beautiful, babe, definitely. Is when I'm all dressed up in my heels, ready to slay. <laughs> I need a picture of the whole look, by the way. <laughs> 100. And I obviously I have my um, DJ account as well, so I have my own DJing account, which is Butch underscore Queen. So a lot of looks and stuff are kind okay. of there. Yeah, I'll make sure but to give me- links. In terms of like dressing up and things like that, it's still the music that's most important out of all of this. It's funny because last year we made some um, kind of merch and whatever. We had some t-shirts made and some stickers made of this kind of Butch Queen character that I've created over these kind of years. <laughs> and finally, I feel like that's what, you know, people have names for things like your Sasha Fierce yeah, or yeah, whatever. Yeah. Your like alter Butch ego. Queen is, 
yeah, your alter ego that and that person that you embody when you go do these things that may make you nervous or whatever. Like this whole Butch Queen character was kind of created through the decks and stuff. And although music is always the most important thing, I think, you know, fashion is activism as well, you know. And if there's a boy in a beard with heels on and makeup, like mincing about, that's activism, like, mm, you know, totally mm, it mm, is. Mm, mm. Yeah, activism is just like you're not going with the norm. You're not just for the sake of it. So I love that. I love that energy about you. Um, and I had people in my DM saying, oh, my God, I love him. Like, I love oh. his energy, you know. And and honestly, like, that just means so much right now to hear and stuff because it's tough. It's, it's hard navigating through these times. And I think I'm so happy that I have this little community on social media because I'm reaching out there more than ever, you know. And, I, I, like, it's weird because normally I'm on social to do things that are so work-related, but mm. all of this is happening right now and it's just, you know, it's connecting people and it is bringing people together. And although social media is very dark at times, there's this really lovely light that can come from something like Instagram, you know, and it's very community based and that's why I do love my Instagram page and whatever and I've, I'm proud of the little community that I've got on there and so much of it is from like meeting people on the roads and stuff mm -hmm. and having like my, me and you for instance when we met and stuff you know I'm missing having those moments but Instagram is also a place mm -hmm. I think for that as well and I love it when people say that they're inspired by like my energy or whatever because it's exhausting being this like it's fabulous <laughs> So when people really like value mm. your energy and what you say and what you bring forward, like it means the world. Like, you know, it really does. And it inspires me then to go, Clay, stop being a sensitive Pisces, typical Pisces. Are you Pisces? Yeah, mate. What's your yeah. when's your birthday? So March the third. I'm March the first. No way. There we oh. go. So Aww. any Pisces out there, you'll know this is a, like... A, yeah, you need to get out of that. For those <laughs> empaths and for those people that are very sensitive, like, it's full on. Mm -hmm. And so hearing, you know, what you just said, like, it's lush and it just keeps me going and I just can't wait to uh, get back out there and get into that... Um, just back to a bit of normality, mm -hmm. basically. What is it even normal these days? Like, you mm -hmm. know, but I'm, I'm yearning for things from that previous uh, normal, you know, that we need right now, like, yeah. you know, but there are other ways of, of getting that definitely. And I think through social media, like I said, like it's, it has its moments of darkness, but there is a sense of community and you have to find those people that uplift you and, and motivate you and whatever. And if they don't, like, I just don't think that there's a time for it right now. Like, you know, simple. I don't have enough headspace for any more drama than the drama that is going on in this world. Like, mm. you know, simple. <laughs> right, <we're done. laughs> thanks so much for listening take a minute to like subscribe perhaps share the episode with someone that you think will be interested and you can find me on twitter and instagram at beauty me podcast or you can follow my personal account which is at sharice.kenyan Feel free to slide into the DMs with any feedback or suggestions for future guests and I'll see you next week.